I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Thursday. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Outstanding, all things considered, in the state of affairs in the world, I'm doing pretty darn good. Good to hear. Oh, yeah. Definitely a lot going on this past week. There is so much. I wrote a whole book. I wrote a book, too, and I published it. Nice. Yeah, so go look for my book on Amazon, In Defense of Biden. Oh, I thought it was called my book. Maybe I should rename it my book. My book, just one. So what are we going to be talking about today? So there has been up in Canada a trucker protest. I don't know if you've heard about it. I have. I think they're uh, blocking the U.S. border and the Canadian border. Yeah, and they did a drive to Ottawa. They wanted to air their grievances with Parliament by trucking in convoy to Ottawa, Canada. And apparently, while they're trucking to or from different locations, they want to make it illegal to support the truckers in Canada. So Nova Scotia is making it illegal to support truckers and they will issue fines if they have people out on the highway or out on the roadways with support signs standing off to the side saying, we support you. Apparently that could lead to a fine. And then with the truckers themselves, they are looking at possible fines and arrest because they are blocking roadways. They're trying to have their their version of a rally or have their version of a protest. And uh, yeah, so apparently Justin Trudeau doesn't like it. So he magically got COVID as soon as they were coming and had to go into hiding with his family. It was interesting because I heard him talk the other day and he doesn't like his own truckers, but he loves Black Lives Matter. And I believe they're the ones that like to beat up people, and burn things down? Yes, and so I was thinking about this with whether you support something or or don't support something. So in the case of BLM, people tending to lean left had a lot of support for BLM, and people tending to lean more right didn't have as much support for BLM. And so oftentimes you would hear from people on the left that it was mostly peaceful protests. And then people on the right would say, uh, we saw the video or we were there ourselves and they were burning down buildings, killing people. And that's not everybody, that's not every protester, that's not every protest that happened. But there were many where buildings were burned, people were killed, people were assaulted, and it was not a mostly peaceful protest. And then if you look at what's happening with the truckers right now, people who support the truckers are sharing video, showing these mostly peaceful protests. Some are just lined up on the street, maybe honking their horn. And there's video of them just rallying together in a mostly, what appears to be a mostly peaceful protest or a peaceful protest from some of the stuff that I've seen. And then people on the left are talking about how they're terrible, horrible, awful, and they are racist and they need to be shut down. Even Justin Trudeau said that he does not support these far out people who don't represent true Canadians. 
Well, he's an interesting leader because that's not leadership. If it was leadership, he would want to meet with the enemy or adversary, so to speak, and see if they could come to some common ground. It's easy to support your supporters. Yeah, so he he said that he won't meet with them because he absolutely does not believe in anything they believe in and that they should uh, get their shots, show their records, and be true Canadians. But instead, they are having the audacity to want medical freedom, and they just don't support that in Canada. There's a lot of stuff they don't support in Canada. You think they're kind of like us, kind of like a capitalistic society, but they're really not. Um, even reporters and people that talk about their government officials incorrectly, they can be fined, penalized, and jailed. As a matter of fact, there's a gentleman that works for, I believe it's Fox News, or he's overseas now at that GB News, that he used. he is a Canadian citizen, and he used to be a news guy for them, and he said a couple things contrary to what they believed, and they wanted to throw him in jail, so he left the country. Yeah, what's funny about Justin Trudeau saying that the truckers are racist he literally wore blackface. He's been photographed wearing blackface. I believe it's even been repeatedly has worn blackface. But he's not the racist one. So kind of like our governor, the mayor of San Francisco, the mayor of Los Angeles, at an NFC championship game when they got caught with their hands in a cookie jar. It's okay for them, but it's not okay for you. Yes, yeah, so our our governor said that he had a, a mask in his hand, and he took a photo with Magic Johnson, so he was very judicious with his use. But then there were other photos that came out showing him sitting down, enjoying the game, no water, no food, and mask off. And then Mayor Eric Garcetti said that it was all lies. Yes, he took the photo, but he held his breath. And so you can't get anything. You can't pass anything to anybody if you hold your breath while taking a photo. That's real science right there. Yeah, real science. So Mayor Eric Garcetti said everybody's a liar and that he held his breath and all as well. Glad I don't live down there because uh, I would not have voted for him anyway. Yeah, it's uh, pretty... Are we going to dive into the COVID thing today at all? I think we are. I We have been attempting to intentionally not talk about it because it is such... How to say it? It is such a negative thing. No, it's not even that. It's just... It's just so overwhelming because it's such a huge thing. It's been a big part of our life, for the, in my opinion, for the last couple of years. There's been good information. There's been misinformation. They have not followed 100% of the science because one half or one quarter of the scientific community has an alternate thought process on this thing and alternate treatments, yet the, the powerful side didn't want to entertain them. In the beginning, now come to find out a lot of this stuff's coming to fruition it's just coming out it is just coming out what the truth and and it could even be today's truth because as we know science evolves and as we get more data sets we can refine what we know so we might say 10 percent of the people today and and 20 out of 30 people tomorrow but as we get more data points and we understand more 
I understand that the science doesn't necessarily change as, but our understanding of it does. And that's okay. But when you try to say you're not even allowed to have a line of inquiry, that's where I, I really have a problem. Right. And after building now two years of empirical data, um, the CDC wasn't truthful from the start, but they are now because the fruit is bearing from the trees. They did a California study and a New York study where they have found, if you follow the charts and graphs, that whether you are double vaccinated, I guess double would be two shots, and you had COVID, you have X of protection, and or if you've been unvaccinated and you've had COVID, your natural immunity, your natural antibodies is identical to the person that's had two shots and had had COVID. And what's really, really interesting to me is all of these uh, individuals who would say you're a conspiracy theorist. So that was something that was used in order to discredit someone without ever actually having to have science on your side. So if you said, I believe in my body's natural immunity, and it's a thing, you're like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. We all know that shots work better than having natural immunity. So then you weren't even allowed to say it out loud. You weren't allowed to put it in writing. You would either get a banner across to you saying COVID misinformation, or you would just get it taken down altogether. And then it would be six, eight, nine months later. Oh, it turns out that was true. But then in the mainstream media, they don't even cover. They just shift their language and act like they've always talked about it that way. Well, that's why you have to wait for data, empirical data. It takes time. And we should have not called unvaccinated people the problem. We should have waited until... Omicron came about, and everybody's getting infected. Everybody's being symptomatic. Yes, unvaccinated people stand a greater risk in the beginning of being hospitalized. If you have your favorite word, comorbidities or other underlying issues, however, it's proving that we're all going to be okay. Yeah, one of the things that came out about one of the studies, there's been many, of course, over the last couple of years. One of the studies that came out was something you had talked to earlier, talked about earlier, which was vitamin D deficiency. And so now they're finding that people who had vitamin D deficiency up front tended to fare worse when admitted to the hospital. Like they would end up getting admitted. They they would have more trouble fighting off COVID. So that was a, a vitamin D deficiency What did we tell people to do at the very beginning of this? Stay inside. Don't go outside for exercise. Uh, People were getting arrested for being out in the middle of the ocean by themselves in Los Angeles. People were getting in trouble in New York for trying to go to a park and and walk and exercise and get out. So uh, anyone who said exercise seems to be a good thing, what about vitamin D? They were shot down. That was a conspiracy, and lo and behold, it turns out, oh, those people may have fared worse if their vitamin D wasn't up when they caught COVID. Yeah, here in California, you couldn't even go surfing. (laughs) Yeah, there was a surfer that was arrested, and he was around nobody else, but they tracked him down, 
got right in his face, arrested him, and then put him in jail around a bunch of other people. And you're telling me he wasn't safe out in the middle of the ocean? Yeah. Yeah, we weren't doing things logically at all. Because we had one person, maybe two, driving the narrative. Yeah, we... And then we saw that when our favorite F word decided to basically, what would it be? The leftist version, cancel, cancel any scientist who tried to say that there was a, a non-natural origin theory and he only wanted it to be a natural origin theory. And then he only wanted to talk about giving people shots. You weren't allowed to talk about any sort of immunity that you might get from actually having had it. And so now our policy has been that if you don't get a shot, you get fired. You get released from the military. You can't go on in life. They don't even want you going into sporting venues, concert venues. Some cases you can't go to restaurants. It wasn't scientifically based. It was just driven by people who had an agenda, period. That is correct. And there's a college back east, Hillsdale. Yes. Pretty conservative college. Yes. So they did a, I think it was a symposium and it was put on by a Scott Atlas and it is the SARS-2 pandemic. Will the truth prevail? And there were some pretty cool bullet points there that have used this data over the last two years to basically inform us as to what went right, what went wrong and how we can prevent a lot of this here in the near future. Yeah. And to talk about what, what went right and what went wrong. And I believe it was a Harvard professor along with several other uh, world, um, uh, not leaders, several other individuals across the world who were in the scientific community. They published a study, but it was an economic study. So it was on, on the disease, but it was an economic study on the impacts that the lockdowns have had on the world. And so they looked at whether a lockdown, a shelter in place, just different policies and what their impact were. And as far as like uh, morbidity, likelihood of dying, it was 0.2% saved. So all, everything that we did across the world to take away people's ability to see their family people's ability to work, to go to school, to do all of that, we 0.2% saved. That's interesting. You know, I love it when we're firing on the same page and we don't even talk about this stuff for a week. You know what other causes happened during a pandemic? Talking about studies and data. So one of the things they looked at, or several of them, were mental health issues, addiction, traffic accidents, airplane altercations, the murder rate, drug overdoses, and physical, verbal, and mental abuse from one person to another is all up at least 10% historically year over year during the pandemic. So is what we did helping? I know people talk about the mental health. So the mental health component, if we have deteriorated people to such a state where everything is going bad across the board, are we better off? We are not. How many people in the U.S. have died? Do you know? Directly related to the pandemic Uh, or total total number? Sorry, sorry, COVID, that they claim are COVID numbers, even though that's 
in and of itself, apparently over they were missing. Over 900,000. So if we have 900,000 people who they claim died of COVID, although it's come out that they were miscoding people, if you came in for a car accident, gunshot wound, you were having a baby, um, all, all kinds of things, broken arm, and they tested you because they were testing everybody coming in, and they tested you and you had COVID, you were classified as a COVID case. So if you came in as a gunshot victim, but you had COVID, you're a COVID case, car accident victim, same thing. So the real number, who knows? But if we look at 1,800 people, so they said it's a 0.2%, right? So we're ta- in 900,000 deaths, we're talking about 1,800 people. And I, I do believe every life is worth something. Absolutely. I, I don't think like, oh, this person should have died and it would have been better. No, absolutely not. So don't think of it that way. Don't think I'm saying that we should have just sacrificed 1,800 lives. But it's 1,800 lives. 1,800 people. 0.2% difference. How 100,000 people died of drug overdose. How many people died? The, the murder rates are up. How many people died by us mentally harming and then that person goes off the deep end in whatever, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, um, suicide, suicide, whatever the case may be. So we saved 1,800 people, but how many did we lose? Lots. And just imagine if we'd have went, let's rewind the clock a little bit and go back to one year before COVID, maybe two years. Do like Japan. Uh-oh, we have an obesity problem here in America. We're going to address that. We're going to address it now because there may be a pandemic in the future that goes after people with comorbidities. So let's see if we can't, instead of saving, would you say 1,800? Yeah, 1,800. Maybe we can save 18,000, 180,000. Who knows? Or more. Or more. Or more. Because that's one of the things we don't talk about. And I can tell you from personal experience, the last three years, taking myself and going from a guy that was eating wrong weighing a lot for my height, um, turning yourself around and getting healthy and taking vitamins, vitamin D and zinc really, really helps. And it really helped me when I got COVID as an unvaccinated person, uh, got through it relatively unscathed. Yeah. Another thing that we haven't, I, I wonder if they'll ever be able to find the true numbers. Probably not because it's a hard data set to to pinpoint, but we told people not to go to the hospital or not. You couldn't even go to the doctor for the most part, but you go to the hospital basically when you're dying and then they, they put you on the path to dying. It seems like what they did. So how many people died of COVID, not just with COVID, but died of COVID because of what we set into place? Probably several thousand because we weren't utilizing everything that was in our toolbox to try to fight this thing. And even now we're not. Yes. And if we're willing to create a vaccine with very minimal testing and say it's good, then we should try proving things like ivermectin. Hydroxychloroquine. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But it is a medication that taken in the right doses is not going to hurt you or kill you. So here's another one for you uh, by Dr. Peter McCulloch. There was an NIH bombshell on studies they did on bodies. What do they do to bodies? You mean like an autopsy? They autopsy them. And in 44 fellow human beings that they autopsy, they found that the COVID was alive for up to 18 months. What? Yes. 
Wow, that's crazy. I did not know that. That's yep. crazy. Up to 18 months. Wow. So here's a fancy term for you. So folks like your husband, who has done very well not getting COVID, partially because of his blood type, and your brother-in-law, and there's others, thousands across America, when they have, I can't even say this, biocrobin proxy in their intestines, they're 17 times less likely to get the virus. Really? Yes. Oh. So there's a lot of people that even though they're in a household where there's, say, six people in the house and five of them get it and one doesn't, that's why. It's because a person's got a good gut. That is really, really interesting. It is, you know, it has been two years, so all of the stuff that we're studying now and finding out now, it's pretty interesting when it does come out. And I know some people will say that they logically work through some steps and kind of figured out that certain things seem to be true and certain things seem to not be true. But it is interesting when they get down into, as you might say, the gut and figure out why some people are better off than others. And this came from the NIH, an NIH study, and it also came from one of the epidemiologists that was discounted for his side of the story with how this thing was created. So, Yeah, well, yeah. we don't, that goes with we don't want to know the truth, we want to know the narrative and sell it. Absolutely. So let's move on to our favorite place in the world. At least I know where mine is. Hawaii. Hawaii. State of Aloha. So I have a coworker at my current place of employment who is from Hawaii. She owns a home in Hawaii and basically all of her family's there. I had gone around this morning and asked, so if you were a podcaster, what subject matter would you talk about today? Give me a little help. I'm running a little behind on my subject matter. She says, well, maybe we can talk about the drug problem in Hawaii, in Hawaii, especially on Oahu. And I said, okay, I'll do a little research before we go live, and we'll talk about it for you. So shout out to my coworker from Hawaii, Maui Nokooi, as I tell you, weekly. So Hawaii, their main drug of choice for addicted people is methamphetamine. Ice. Yes, known as ice. So I pulled up some stats from 1994 to around 2000. And the numbers of folks that had become addicted and gone to a program had gone from 644 to 1994. 1,994 people. From 2000 to 2020, that's gone up around fourfold or more. There has been so many deaths from fentanyl, from alcohol use, other kinds of drugs. It, it's simply amazing. So a 2015 stat was people 18 years and older. That's 12.62% of the population on Oahu had done alcohol or drank alcohol and gotten drunk in an entirety of one month. So then you swap over to cocaine, 1.99% of the population on Oahu uses cocaine and has been in for treatment. 2,000 people, or 0.23, use heroin. The ice addiction is around 120,000 people, or nearly 
It's unfortunate that the island of Aloha is such a beautiful place, yet there's so many people addicted to different drugs. Fentanyl deaths, cocaine deaths, heroin deaths. It's just very unfortunate. And it's very unfortunate also that a lot of that is coming from Southeast Asia, which is through either China, Philippines, or I believe Vietnam. So I don't know what it's going to take to get the drug addiction under control so the Hawaiians can go back to living aloha without the fear of a family member becoming addicted. But hopefully it's something that's addressed in the near future. And during your time living on Oahu, I don't know if you dealt with um, any of this at all. So while I was living uh, on Oahu, I would ride the bus into work when I lived in one particular location. And then when I moved to a different area, I would actually walk in to work. When I was riding the bus into work, I would get off at a certain bus stop and I would see a homeless gentleman who would be laying on kind of a retaining wall type of area as soon as I would get off the bus. And he likely had a drug addiction problems, so I would have to... Well, he was kind and he would just always like wave high or whatever. He'd be waking up and he'd wave high. And I would just keep walking to work. There were individuals around my work site that we'd have to watch out for because sometimes they would become, um, they might attack you. So you had to be careful. Situational awareness. You had to yes. be prepared, beware of your surroundings. And that was just part of it being in a downtown. So when I started walking to work and I would walk to work when it was dark out, and sometimes I, I wouldn't usually walk home in the dark, but I'd walk to work in the dark. And I would have to go around people that were sleeping in the middle of the sidewalk. I would have to walk a certain way around a park because in the park there was a homeless encampment. And so they had taken over children's parks and they would be sleeping and going to the bathroom. Um, so every so often they would actually cordon off and shut down certain parks so they can come in and clean up all of the human excrement along with needles and other drug paraphernalia. But all that would do is move them down to a different park and they would just go from park to park and basically the the local um cleanup crew would just come in there clean up sanitize and then they would block it off with fencing like flexi fence and stuff like that after a certain period of time it would be opened up again whether or not kids got a chance to play I don't know because the very next thing would be people back in the park living there so it wasn't Unfortunately, it was typical drug abuse would lead people into that particular area. So, yes, I saw it, and I saw it with some frequency. I luckily was never personally assaulted, but I do know colleagues that were confronted. Um, but this was also true of working in downtown Fresno. Your downtowns tend to have this problem. So even when I was working in downtown Fresno, I was pulling into work and I parked in a gated parking lot, but I had to walk in an ungated area to get to my work building. And as I'm rounding the corner during the middle of winter, this guy has a blanket on and his partner also has a blanket on her because it was pretty cold. He throws off the blanket and pulls out a machete wow. and starts like marching forward like, okay, I'm not getting out of my car. So I, I drove on further and then was able to get into the secured parking, waited, you know, crossed and got to work. Unfortunately, it happens. 
it's sad, but all we seem to be doing now is decriminalizing it. Don't put them in jail, but we're not really helping people. We're just decriminalizing it. Right. And that's what I need to qualify as, you know, there's far more people on the mainland that are addicted to drugs and alcohol than in Hawaii. You just don't think of that when you get prepped to go on vacation. You look at all these videos and all these pictures of this beautiful, pristine paradise when people have no idea behind the scenes what the Hawaiian people are living. Yeah, well, and then a lot of people end up going over there. They're not from Hawaii, but they end up going over there, get addicted to drugs, become homeless, etc. So Hawaii actually started a program where they would try to find family on the mainland and then buy you a plane ticket and send you home. And send you yes. home. Well, the other thing about Hawaii, too, is even the locals that aren't personally addicted or having family who are addicted, they have obviously interactions with the public and that's their public dollars getting drained as well, going to people who come over and then stay. Because you can't just say, well, start, get a bus ticket and go somewhere. You actually have to get on a plane. So then you have to have some form of ID. You have to be able to leave. So there, there's like this stalling point that ends up happening in Hawaii. And, um, Another thing about it, too, is while the sheer number of people might be less, per capita, it's a lot. Yes. So per capita, it's a heavy burden. The NIH is run by Fauci's wife? No, I thought the NIH and I thought it was run by the guy. I know he stepped down. Uh, Yeah, you know what? You're right. She has something to do with a different organization. But apparently the NIH, out of all the millions they get, they receive around $27 million. Oh, the majority of NIH is $27 million in funding for fetal tissue studies coming from Fauci's Institute. Why do you think they want more abortions? Got to have more tissue to study. They need tissue to study. NIAID. Yeah, so that's his organization. And then the other head of the NIH, he just recently stepped down. But... Him and Fauci and the head of another program worked together to create narratives on just about everything having to do with our our health plan. Well, it's amazing that they spend all this funding on doing all this whacked out research. They like to transplant fetal lungs and livers into mice. That's They like to put fleas in dogs' eyes. I just, man. Fauci is, is not friendly towards animals. No, this is some Frankenstein Frankenstein type stuff here. Holy cow. They probably do something with cows too. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised that they, yeah. Oh, well, let's move on from that. I just saw a quick news clip of that. My, my bad for even looking into that. No, there was... A uh, facility in Hawaii, and I I can't remember if it was a drug treatment facility, so I don't want to get it wrong, but I I think it was a drug treatment facility in Kaneohe, supposed to create more bed space, like it was a $160 million, yeah, $160 million facility that it was supposed to open, I think they expected it to open at the end of last year. And now they can't get it open maybe for another couple of years because it was constructed so poorly. Things that they have to fix. It's amazing how much of that goes on 
just like their high-speed rail or their uh, heart Hawaii area rapid transit. Right. They, they are, they were supposed to have it from the west side all the way to downtown. So that way workers could get to downtown without having to clog up the roadways. And then with all the money problems and everything going on there, they decided to stop it at the airport. And now it's going back and forth. Like, what's the point of it if it stops at the airport? Because the whole idea was to get workers to downtown. Oh, there's not a money problem there. Somebody's getting plenty of money off this thing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody's getting money somewhere. So can we talk about the Republican Party? I've never heard of it. Okay, me either, but I'm going to talk about them anyway. Go ahead. So the Republican National Committee has overwhelmingly voted to censure Liz Cheney and Kinzinger for sitting on the all-Democrat January 6th panel. It was a historic vote, and it's for their participation in a Democratic-nominated House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. They've both been rebuked, and they were part of a group, I believe, of around 10 House Republicans that actually voted to impeach Trump the second time, second go-round, when it was all a false narrative. Well, it was, because so far they've showed no coordinated attack and no nothing that says that Trump said, okay, begin the attack now, right? That's the whole idea behind it, is that it was a coordinated attack that he helped to put together and, and push. And so far, no coordinated attack has been proven. Well, there was code words in his speech when he said, march peacefully to the Capitol. And peacefully assemble. Yeah, and peacefully assemble. That meant raise Cain. Well, they also said that he didn't tell them to stop. And apparently he said, this isn't who we are, peacefully assemble, something about being on the side of cops or they're on our side, something like that. And it was a tweet, so Twitter deleted it. And so then there was no quote-unquote proof that he actually said it. Well, when it came out that he did say that, then it wasn't enough that he didn't actively call people off or he should have held a press conference. You think people are going to stop what they're doing and watch a press conference? No. I mean, absolutely not. The rules that they make up for how it would have been okay if it's like they just move the line, move the narrative, whatever, whatever the case may be, but they just change what's required. Just some made up rules that you didn't follow that you didn't know you were supposed to have to follow. Goes back to what we talked about last week with that poor lady that was beat up, right? Hey, had somebody just gone in there and stopped the guy, then she wouldn't have gotten beat up. Little did they know the guy's criminal background. That he murdered his own mother. Right. And that none of these people have probably ever been in a confrontation like that. It's all hooey because Kaylee McInerney. Kaylee McInerney. Naney. Was there when all this went down. She was standing right beside the president when all this was happening. And she absolutely said that this is not him. He wanted it stopped. He made as many motions as he could to get it stopped. But I think at that point, their job is to move the president, move the vice president, get everybody else out of there. And keep them safe. And keep them safe. And the police were supposed to do their job and shut down the problem. 
handle the problem. Right. And there, there's a number too. And there's a number of how many people you are supposed to have when there's events like that. And I believe it's the Speaker of the House's responsibility to ensure that whatever force is needed there. It can never be her fault. Right. And they gave out apparently three permits to be at the Capitol that day. There were three rally permits that were sought and obtained. And something in the permit said that people would be able to move between the locations like to assemble right. and that they were authorized rallies or, or whatever, the assemblies, authorized assemblies. So they knew what was going on. So they knew how many permits, yeah. they knew how, they did know that. And there's video of peacefulness and then there's videos of not peacefulness. Uh, if you look at all the different videos that were released, there were definitely times that people were not peaceful. Right. And that goes to some of these BLM protests and stuff too. There was a lot of peaceful protesting. And then there was a lot of not so peaceful protesting. But their non peaceful is ten times magnified what happened there at the Capitol. Yeah, and there's there is videos of police a police officer beating an unconscious woman. And somehow that is acceptable. There's videos of people being kind of crushed and stuck in a certain location. Like people are trying to leave and there's actually one guy who tries to leave the area and the police repeatedly grab him and pull him back in and beat him and and like stick him kind of in a corner. And then when everybody's crushed and stuck in this location, another police officer takes some sort of pepper spray or other like high irritant spray start spraying the individuals in the area and they are stuck. They can't leave. So he empties the canister at the, a bunch of different people. Once emptied, there's a, another police person behind him. He switches out the canister and then starts spraying more people. And once that's emptied, switches, switches it out for another one. So people who are stuck in an area that cannot move, that cannot disperse, are held and sprayed with a chemical irritant by the police. So there was a lot going on that was unacceptable. It's amazing how videos don't lie. Well, I think videos can, depending on the angle, well, can tell yes. a different story. Well, it's like an eyewitness because eyewitness testimony is generally not trusted. Wholly reliable. Right, it's not reliable. So I do want to uh, mention that the facility on Oahu is a $160 million high security psychiatric facility. Okay. They need the bed space for psychiatric holds and apparently come to find out that uh, there were too many problems and they can't give a timeline on when the issues will be fixed after they did the walkthrough, including sloping showers, which will cause water leaking onto the floor, door fixtures that can pose risk for suicidal patients. So it wasn't up to standard. So now they're saying it could be another couple of years to get those 144 beds that they so desperately need. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Was he ever a pastor? I think he was a police officer. Oh, he was the police officer. Okay. Like a police chief or something. Well, it's amazing that now they've dug up a 2019 video of him making a racial slur. Isn't he black? On policing. He is. Shows him speaking to a crowd at a Harlem Business Alliance about rise his rise through the ranks of the New York Police Department. While speaking to the crowd 
Adams uses a racial slur to refer to white officers he outperformed as he grew his career as a police officer. So what does that what does that show and tell you? We're all the same. We're exactly well, the same. People who are going to say it exist across the spectrum. They're people who are going to say bad things. People who are going to do blackface exist. People who are going to do like there are things that we wish that we could stop in this world. Will we ever actually stop it? I don't know. Because it exists across the spectrum. But then we start coming out with these rules. I thought black people could not be racist according to the rules of leftists. That it's only white people. So are slurs okay because it's actually not harming another race? I don't know. Is it? And I'm not saying it's actually okay. <laughs> right. No, I know. I know it's a tongue-in-cheek statement. So let's talk about a little bit farther away, or, or not too far away, Manhattan. So in Manhattan, when there was the funeral for 22-year-old Rivera, police officer Rivera, an actress did not appreciate that they blocked off streets for the funeral and the procession. She had to get to a Starbucks? So actress Jacqueline Guzman said that the police kill people all the time and they don't block off streets for those that they killed for their funerals. And the police were just doing their job and chances are they were doing it wrong. So why are they blocking off streets? She has been released from her contract that she had with her acting company for said statements. But she's not the only one to make statements like that. Susan Sarandon has come out saying not so kind things about police officers and them having funerals and being there for each other. While they're surrounded by armed security, which are probably off-duty police officers. Yeah, and a New York Democrat said that she apparently liked a tweet that compared NYPD to Nazis and called the officers at the funeral a health risk. Why are they going to spread COVID? Apparently, because you know how they like don't properly wear masks or whatever. Well, it's amazing how one fly can ruin a whole cup of soup. You know what? You have good and bad in everything, every niche, every corner of society. When there's one bad officer, it makes the whole bunch look bad. And for the most part, we have had certain eras where there have been bad officers, but they've all been rooted out and the police departments have been corrected. You still get an outlier here and there. But I would rather have a police force, say, here in our local community of a 1,000 officers and have one or two bad ones than have none at all. No police officers at all? That would not go over very well. Just look up in Oregon and see what a neighborhood looks like when there's no police officers there to help protect the citizenry. So I don't know if you heard, a senator from New Mexico was hospitalized for after he had a stroke. Did you hear about that? I did. So apparently he was 49 years old and he had a stroke and he was hospitalized. So I guess the Democrats have been looking at all of their elderly folk that may cause them to lose their 50-50 majority because it's 50 plus one with Kamala Harris. And so they didn't even consider the youngins to be an issue. So now they're looking at what they need to get past and how fast they can do it because they can lose their majority any minute. 
It's all about the majority. It is. What can you ram through? Let's get as much crud passed through as we can. So on a lighter note, well, kind of lighter, a young Texas middle schooler ended up going to a prom with an NFL player. Really? Yeah, it was a father-daughter dance, and unfortunately her father and grandfather died last year. So the mom reached out to the Philadelphia Eagles through the young girl's favorite player, and Anthony Harris agreed to take the girl to the father-daughter dance, which Aww. is pretty cool. That is awesome. Very cool. That is awesome. What an upstanding man there. Great job. So jumping back to the New York Police Department, apparently the mayor of New York City wants city police officers to live in the city and police the city so that live and work even though New York is one of the most expensive cities. New York City is one of the most expensive cities. Uh, 30% of police officers live outside of the city. So how about you pay them more? Absolutely. So they can afford to live in the city. And I listened to a former police officer on a talk show one day, and he said that most of them live outside of the town for that very reason. And in some areas, two and three of them, just like in other cities because it's so expensive, Share an apartment. Trying to afford it. Trying to afford the rent or the mortgage. So BLM transferred millions of dollars to their Canadian counterparts, their Canadian BLM counterparts, so that they could buy a mansion that was formerly owned by the Canadian Communist Party. So is that where their allegiance lies with the Communist Party? Well, they talk about upending what we think of today's society and moving things over. And it almost sounds a lot of times like communism will will win out. Or that's what they want anyway, for communism to win out. And they even had a week of disruption for school children to learn about how to do a call to action which calls for the disruption of the nuclear family. I was going to say disruption of the nuclear family. Isn't that what their end goal is? Which is partly communism. You're you're a part of the state. You're not a part of a family. Your allegiance is to the government. How does the state have a baby? They take it. Uh, Just like communist China. So do you think that people vote unlawfully? I'm sure there's a lot out there. So apparently North Carolina just agreed to release records showing how many foreigners voted. Foreigners as in dual citizens or foreigners as in foreigners? Foreigners as in non-U.S. citizens. So not dual citizens, non-U.S. citizens. So voting by an alien, basically. So there was an individual who's a native of of the Bahamas that voted in every election in primary 2018 to 2020. And so they asked for records to show, you know, that this person voted. I guess it took a lawsuit in North Carolina to have transparency. So it's not just this individual. There's other individuals that vote. And then we're told, oh, it's not that big. It's not that many. So I wonder if anybody asked the individual why or I guess why would be the right question, why he felt that it was okay for him to vote in a U.S. 
election. Well, that will that may or may not be meted out in his trial because he is going on trial for uh, unlawfully voting. So apparently he falsely claimed to be a U.S. citizen he in order to register to vote and then voting by an alien and apparently he also committed passport fraud so there was more to it there's more to him than meets the eye and i know that there was a case when i was in hawaii where an individuals did say yes that they voted they voted in a local election but that um form had national federal and state well it had it wasn't just a local thing it was for state and federal and that they had registered to vote and voted because their union made them. And in fact, their union made them register to vote, have the, and then take their documents and turn it in in front of them. Like they had to prove that they voted for a specific person that the union said, you will vote for this person. So they said that that was the only time they voted was when they were forced to by their union and they were a non-citizen. Wow. So that came out while they were filing for citizenship and they were truthful. There is so much corruption abound. It's amazing. And if you take that and then you take the fact that people have homes in one state and a P.O. box in another state, so they vote state to state. Yeah, they caught some people out of Florida doing that. You add all the totals up and then it does add to something significant, especially if there is a state or a county where it's only divided or there's only a handful of votes that separate a win from a loss. Yeah, a local election, a state election, yes. a national, whatever it happens to be, yes. you're telling me that it never, ever, ever has an impact. Not ever. I'm sorry. I don't believe you. And even it, there was one case that I, I got to see it in court where the person had registered to vote, or I should say they were registered to vote and voted And they were proud to have voted because when they went to DMV, the California DMV, to get their license, it had on their registration to vote. And it said, are you a U.S. citizen? They said, no. They checked the no box. They were still registered. They were sent their registration. So they thought they could vote because they did not lie. I mean, they they submitted the application. They said they were not a citizen and they were registered. So they thought it was okay. Well, for the national elections, we should clear the rolls every four years and make everybody re-register. Well, if the Democrats have their way on that voting bill that they want to federal, federalize voting, if they have their way, you'll never be able to purge. Like, ever. There's almost nothing you can do to get purged. Well, hopefully they'll get their clocks clean to midterms and we'll have another president in there. Maybe he can put into place some kind of law that our elections can never be federalized. Yeah, did you know that schools are and aren't safe places to talk about certain things? No. So Explain. What, what I mean by that is apparently schools are safe places to talk about possible gender confusion in school-age children. Teachers will have, some teachers have had groups for kids to privately go to and they will not tell your parents that you may have some gender confusion and it's a safe place to talk about gender confusion. But what you can't do is you can't talk about being a Christian. So a student was suspended because they talked about their Christian values 
with other Christians and online social media posts outside of school, not during school hours, but outside of school. And the school told him he couldn't do that because it was hateful and somebody else could be upset by him having Christian values. So he was never supposed to be allowed to talk about that in or outside of school. Whereas if you have gender confusion, they will make a safe space for you. Kind of interesting what you can talk about and what you can't talk about. That's why we need to keep our good kids in private school. Absolutely. If you're wondering why I don't want my kids going to public school, stuff like that. And it's not whether they're Christian or believe in the Bible or Jesus. It's fairness and equity across the board. If you're going to allow, say, 12 groups to run little organizations, it must include anything and everything legal and within reason that people want to have a club for. Well, not just that. They This particular school for this uh, student who was suspended for talking about their Christian values, they were told they weren't even allowed to post it right. on social media outside of school because the school, one of their fellow students could see it and be upset. So they want to control how people are even allowed to talk about their Christian values in and out of school, which I find absolutely... Well, that sounds like this crazy. judge in, I believe it's Virginia, with the mass mandates when the new governor came in and he signed an executive order saying that kids could wear masks if they chose, if they were worried, or they did not have to wear one if they were not concerned. And a judge put in the mandate that says, well, not the mandate, but he's reinforcing that it's mandatory to wear masks in schools. Which is quite interesting. Like if we go back and look at Loudoun County, that they will, they actually said they'll suspend students for not wearing a mask. And that's where it's at, Loudoun County. (laughs) So they'll suspend students for not wearing a mask, but you rape a kid, you rape your fellow student, man, here, we'll stick you in another school. We'll defend you. We will make sure that you still have a place to come to. Yeah, rape, cool. Don't wear a mask, suspended. That's one of the lines I use all the time, or I've used probably the last eight, ten years, that right is wrong right now, and wrong is right. We are totally, the gimbal is off. We're totally flipped upside down, and we're going in a, a way wrong direction. Nutso. We're going yes. nutso is what yes. we're doing. Well, we're not grounded any longer. No, we're not, and it depends on who you are is what you can get away with. Whoopi Goldberg can falsely claim that the Holocaust was not about race and she can double down on that and then only seek to apologize or have ABC apologize for her and saying that it was a misunderstanding and that she'll learn more. So ABC has given her a two-week suspension. But right-leaning individuals have been fired for posting their opinion on social media. So... There have been two individuals that were fired and cannot work on their shows anymore, one being on The Mandalorian and the other one, Roseanne, on Roseanne. They were fired, um, one for posting an opinion that lockdowns, I believe, making it akin to Nazism. And then Roseanne Barr said something, I think it was distasteful, about an Obama-era employee, and they both got fired. 
but yeah. you can deny that the Holocaust is about race. Well, and Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg has advocated determination of people for years for saying the wrong thing, while her and one of her co-hosts have said wrong things multiple times, and nobody on the other side has asked for them to be removed from their jobs. Yeah, downplaying the minority status of uh, Jewish individuals to uphold this intersectional argument just seems to justify anti-Semitism. And isn't it interesting that isn't her stage last name? Goldberg. So actually, she's been asked by some Jewish individuals to drop the last name Goldberg because it Go is Go back a, to her real name? Yep. Yep. Which she should. You misappropriating a Jewish last name. Does she have Jewish ties? I don't know, but it's interesting that her vernacular on race and ethnicity and the Holocaust, and there's millions of Holocaust or hundreds of thousands of Holocaust deniers, and you go to the Ottoman Turks and what happened over there, and there's deniers there as well. It's very interesting. Sorry, just a sidebar thought out of my head. Yeah. So, I actually agree with AOC on something. What, that she should go back to bartending? Well, I don't know if you've watched any of her videos. She seems to know how to make a good uh, mixed drink. She does, without a mask on in Florida. So, AOC said, well, what's funny is AOC said she was going to take a social media hiatus. And then she said that, and then she was on Twitter 24 hours later. So that's not the part that I agree with. I thought that was kind of funny. But she has come out, among other uh, Congress people, to seek bans on individual stock trading by members of Congress. She doesn't believe that federal lawmakers should be able to trade individual stocks because of the information that they do receive that the public is not. I agree with her, too. Yeah, so it turns out that there is something that I can't agree with her on, and there have been other lawmakers that have come out saying the same. They put bill f- bills forward, and they are varying levels of bills. Some are just the lawmakers, some are the lawmakers and spouse, so just depends on which one ends up getting out there. But in 2020, 75 federal lawmakers held stock in Moderna, Pfizer, or Johnson & Johnson as Congress authorized billions of dollars to develop the vaccine. So it's just, uh, they had to know it was coming. Did they hold it for a long time before? I, I would be interested to know when they bought it, not just that they held it, but when they bought it. Cause if they've held it for 10, 20, 30 years, obviously no big deal. None of them held that stock that long. No, this is a new revelation. Didn't. So the, last week we talked about a juvenile 16 year old rapper who posted his $250,000 bail after shooting a police officer. So he was on probation for a gun charge already, and then he apparently shot a 27-year-old, or at least that's what he stands accused of. So they let him out of jail on $250,000. Turns out he violated his probation, so he's back, back behind bars. We'll see how long that lasts. How come there's no rioting because he used a gun and he shot somebody like they do when the police shoot somebody? We only care if it's certain crime on certain crime. Uh, it only works one way. Certain, uh, Not certain crime. We only care when it happens a certain way. Because if we truly cared, we would riot over what happens in Chicago. 
every day on a daily basis and there there would be change so do you watch the olympics i will not be watching the olympics this year i have watched it like every other year but i refuse to watch the the winter olympics in because they are in china and they are such an oppressive reg- regime I, I just, I can't. I Do you can't know how to spell it. Uyghur? No. It's not the way I thought you'd spell it. It's U-Y-G-H-U-R. I wouldn't have gotten the U-R. I, I've seen it before with the U. I just wouldn't have got the end correct. So a daughter of an imprisoned Uyghur scholar is concerned China is using the Olympics as a propaganda tool. Well, I just heard that there was like a Dutch or... I think it was a Dutch broadcaster that was pulled off by Chinese police off the air. He was doing a live broadcast and they grabbed him and pulled him like away from what he was doing. So I wonder if he's going to get disappeared. Like, Well, it's like Washington, D.C. They have so many cameras at so many different angles and so many different people watching that there is not one thing that a single person can do there that they will not be followed and watched. Well, that's. One of the things that they're doing is a social credit system so they can see how well you act in public, how well you do in school, how well you do at work, stuff like that. So your social credit will be out there. They'll be able to to do facial recognition and make sure that you're being a good person. And if you're not, then your social credit goes down and you can't shop in certain locations. You can't have certain jobs. So they are definitely using those cameras to be as oppressive as possible. Yes, and they want zero discussion on human rights during the Olympics. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi warned Olympians, U.S. Olympians, not to talk about anything having to do with oppression while in China. And this would actually be the time and the place for all of the world to look at them and talk about what they're doing to the Uyghurs. Yes, to talk about it. Talk about what they're doing to the to the Uyghurs. Talk about what they're doing to their own people. Talk about what's happening in Hong Kong. It should be talked about. And instead, oh, well, we'll send a delegation. Oh, we'll talk to their, their representative here at the consulate. Oh, big deal. Yeah, they're in Hong Kong. They're wiping out any semblance of when the British ruled. Any democracy? Yes. Any semblance of democracy? Yes. The two-system two rule or however they called it? And the scientists that were there in Hong Kong are actually the ones that have been finding all the information out about all these um, current diseases and this pandemic and how to treat them and what's causing a big portion of people's side effects. Don't get caught doing it, though. Yeah. They'll go down. You will go down in flames. Let's talk about using the government. So speaking of China, but let's move it to the U.S. Using the government to shut down people who criticize you. So that's like a Chinese thing, right? If you Something that happens in China, not a Chinese thing, but something that happens in China. If you criticize the government, a government official... If you come out against someone, you could end up getting disappeared. Um, you could lose your social credit. So we have a situation where even Jen Psaki is talking about 
basically using the government arm, the government strength to shut down people who they disagree with. So Joe Rogan has been facing a lot of backlash because he had the audacity to allow people to express their opinion, even when he may not agree with it. He likes to have conversations on his show and he allows people of all different walks to to talk and speak their piece and he'll interview them and ask them questions. So now the likes of Jen Psaki and other political people are trying to use their muscle and say that Spotify should shut down people who quote-unquote spread misinformation and just talk in a way that the government does not approve of. So right now we're looking at Joe Rogan facing backlash because he had the audacity to let people speak. Well, it's not misinformation. It's a counter-opinion. Well... That counter-opinion is just not allowed. That's why the counter-opinion needs to get bigger and stronger through other social media outlets, if possible. Yeah, new social media is definitely what we apparently need. Or we need to do away with Section 230 and allow, since they want to censor, then you know what? You should get sued. You should be allowed. You're no longer just a publication. You could be sued. Well, they're too take big away to the, be just a publication now. Take away the protections. Yes, I agree 100%. So we have global warming. If you listen for the last 30 years, 20, 20 30 years, we've been talking about global warming and what's going to happen if we don't get better, right? What What's going to happen if we don't shut off our way of life and just do whatever the leftists tell us to do, but don't actually do themselves because they still jet set around the world while telling people to stop jet setting anywhere. And you're the problem. Anyway, Glacier National Park is actually going around and replacing signs that they have because the signs predicted glaciers would be gone by 2020. And they're not. They're still there? They're still there. Oh, my goodness. So now they're probably going to say 2030 or just just kick the can down the road, right? See, and you can take one here in California up at Yosemite National Park. Uh, I think that was dinosaur farts that caused... That glacier okay, there I'm because there were, there, were no fo- <laughs> there were no fossil fuels back then. Yeah, so how did the glacier... How did that glacier disappear? I want to talk about democracy for a second. So talking about using using the government to to strong arm your opinion and silence dissenters or people who have the audacity to speak out. Can you hold that thought? Yeah. So <laughs> let me throw an unvaccinated quote in there. The unvaccinated should be a protected class, argues Convoy to DC 2022 co-founder. He says unvaccinated Americans should have the same civil rights other protected classes do. And that plays right into your having the right at a school to talk about religion or to talk about whatever little group you have put together. It would be interesting to be a protected class because it would be a medically protected class, right? Yes. So looking at democracy itself and wanting to run off of wanting to have our our government run and have a a democracy here in the United States. Okay. So ruling by 51%. Let's talk about not ruling by 
super majority, no 60%, no 65%, no 75%, but a simple majority, 51. That's what they have to get, 50 plus 1 in our Senate to pass things. So they it's a simple majority. So every time we elect reps and it changes, that 51% goes back and forth, our pendulum just keeps swinging back and forth on how far left we want to go, on how far right we want to go, and every time we just get somebody in there. But most people seem to be around the center. But yet when it comes to this quote-unquote democracy, we're strong-arming people, both on the left and the right it happens, into being whatever vote we, we want to be as a group. If you don't vote with a group, you're out. You're, you're going to get targeted. You're going to get attacked. They're going to go find somebody who will play ball with whatever the ideals are, even if that's not what is best for the state that they've come from and to represent. It's just kind of interesting how right now we're in a position that 50 plus one is swinging Democrat and they are up in arms over anyone who won't just do every last trillion dollar spending bill that they want or won't go as far left as they could possibly go, even though that might not represent their area. I don't know. We're just in this place where 51% is telling everybody what to do all the time. Yes. Well, America is a representative republic, not a democracy, by the way. Well, yes. So to clarify my point or my stance is that people (laughs) are wanting to say that we're a democracy that should be run off of 51% or 51%. And it's just a really interesting standpoint as a representative republic. We're not majority rules. But could you imagine if we didn't have a constitution? Because some want to throw out the constitution. It just it inhibits them too much. So they want to throw it out. But could you imagine if we just said we can do whatever we want to the other 49% right. percent every single every single election cycle? Okay, look what we can do to you. We're going to jail you. We're going to take your property We're going to do whatever we want because there's no protections for you. The government can just come in and do whatever. And sometimes I feel that that's what people want. I can tell you what to do because I'm in charge now. Right. And for many years, it's amazing the number of people who believe America is a democracy. We are not and we have never been. Our founders hated democracies. The word democracy never entered the Declaration of Independence nor the Constitution of the United States. The United States is not a democracy, and our founders use strong words to make clear that their nation should never become one, which is what you're talking about, which would be a simple majority. Right, and ruling by simple majority is just, it baffles me, because some have said the Constitution is just out of touch, so it needs to go, and then they just want to do whatever they want every time. They're in charge. So, oh, Democrats win this time. Guess what? We're just going to go ahead and do whatever we want. You have no rights. Instead of the Constitution is there to protect the rights of the people, but somehow we look at it and we say that it's to go against the people. I just don't understand the logic in that. You're right, and that's why you've nailed it, because things people are thinking that we're a democracy and things are leaning that way. And just remember, democracies never last long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. Who said that? John Adams in 1814. Wow, I did not know that he said that. An elective disposition was not the government we fought for. 
Thomas Jefferson, 1782, that in tracing these evils to their origin, every man had found it in the turbulence and follies of democracy. Edmund Randolph, 1787, between a balanced republic and a democracy, the difference is like that between order and chaos. John Marshall, and I'll leave it at that. So do you know what the, the solution is to for uh, combating illegal gun crimes? Build and sell more guns. More gun control. Well, of course, that's always the answer. More gun control. I want to know, uh, so California has passed some restrictive gun laws in recent years, and I think New York has done the same. Chicago has had some of the most strict, and I think D.C. has even had some pretty strict ones. And then we turn around and say, well, if you look at the gun crime in those states, clearly the gun laws don't seem to be working. So I want to know in the states that have passed less restrictive gun rights, or that doesn't really make sense, that have allowed their citizenry to have easier access to guns and reduce the restrictions, what's going on in their cities and states? I, I I would have to look into it myself, but I would be interested to know if the recent passages of gun restrictions here in California, New York, D.C., what impact they've played. And then for states that have recently allowed uh, open carry or concealed carry, they've removed the prohibitions against them, what they've seen in their states. Well, we don't have a gun problem. We have a people problem. We do. We do have a people problem. We have a crime problem because we allow people to get out of control and then say we don't want to stigmatize them and we don't want to jail people for for these minor things. But these minor things tend to lead to major things, but we're not making those connections. Well, let me throw those gun laws out to you. California has 108, the most of any state. Massachusetts, 100. Connecticut, 89. New York, 75, and New Jersey, 74. States with the fewest gun laws are Montana and Idaho, four each. Mississippi and South Dakota, five each. Georgia, Missouri, and Vermont, six each. What that tells you is these liberal states that have these whacked-out gun laws, it does not decrease crime by any means. Places like Montana and Idaho, though, They'll say that, well, yeah, but look at the suicide rates with handguns. They're ridiculously high. And believe it or not, I believe psychologists, psychiatrists that have done studies like they do up in Washington, lack of sun, lack of vitamin D causes extraordinarily strange things to happen to the human condition. And that's when suicides and things like that take place. Because I believe Alaska does not have a lot of gun laws. And they have a very high suicide rate up there. But when you live seven months out of the year at 50 below zero, interesting things tend to happen. Well, Japan has really strict gun laws, but they have one of the highest suicide rates of the industrialized world, I believe. So it's not just about the guns. I mean, the manner in which you might commit suicide just changes basically and I'm sorry that it happens and of course I want to address like you said vitamin d address the different issues that could lead to one committing suicide let's go ahead and do that instead of just saying well if we take away the guns that solves all of our problems without actually looking at root causes 
Well, and you just nailed it, the root cause. Let's look into the psychology of what's going on here. But that, that requires too much. We just want these easy fixes that somehow, I don't know, people just, yeah, we always want the easy fix. Isn't that why we have all these drugs that we lawfully get? Our doctors will prescribe us, oh, you're overweight, here's the pill. Diabetes because you're eating sugary foods all the time. And I understand there's type 1 diabetes. Some people need it. When we need it, that is one thing. But instead of solving our problems through getting more vitamin D, getting more exercise, uh, maybe if you needed a low-sodium diet or a better diet, eating more vegetables, instead we just say, here's the pills to take in conjunction with not changing your lifestyle. Yes, and just think if we would have had a ban or laws. Oh, wait a minute. We do have them on the books against gain-of-function research. So it doesn't matter what the law is. We'll do How anyway. many people in the world we would have saved? Yeah, if our laws are enforced. If our actual laws were enforced instead of creating a new law, basically that's what we do. Oh, let's create a new law. Well, they want that old saying. They want their cake and they want to eat it too. These libs, gun control advocates, and these soft on crime people are trying to have it both ways. They're trying to take freedoms away from law-abiding, tax-paying citizens and given more rights and stuff to lawbreakers. Right. Well, because the law-abiding people are already abiding by the law, so of course there's nothing. Well, I it guess turns them maybe the way they're thinking about it, but it turns you into a criminal, especially if you own a gun or a rifle or a AR, whatever, and it has you know an orange buttstock on it today, and then tomorrow we deem orange buttstocks illegal. Well, you just made a criminal out of you know one, ten, fifty million law-abiding Americans. Yep, we like to do that. We like to make criminals out of everybody instead of addressing, at that time, the people that are the problem or the situations that are problematic. Mental yeah. health issues, whatever the case may be, instead of addressing mental health issues, we say, let's quit stigmatizing it, so let's just let it go. That's the solution. Let it go. Agreed. In 2018, there was a tsunami warning that went off in Hawaii saying that a big one was coming. Uh, people got text messages, and the tsunami alarm was sounding, basically, and then it turned out to be a false tsunami warning. Didn't they just have another one of those recently? They just had another technical malfunction in Hilo, and the sirens went off for about five minutes, and they're still trying to determine how that happened. But unfortunately, it has happened again. Well, it makes the surfers very angry because they get their boards ready, they take off work, and then they run down to the beach, and no wave. And there's no wave. There's no big wave. So do you remember talking about that Penn State assignment that wanted students to explain why the Taliban is not a terrorist organization? Yes. So according to the professor, it was a misunderstood assignment. So apparently it's like a political science class and wanted the students to understand why a person on the opposite side might think that way. So it was that was the claim anyway. So they wanted the students to think about why someone maybe in the Taliban would say that they aren't a part of a terrorist organization. And I could buy that if this professor does not have a history of bias in that direction. Correct. Yeah. Penn State. 
Yeah, that was Penn State. Yeah, so I guess there's a swimmer, Penn State. Leah, Leah something or other. Thomas. Thomas sounds about yeah. right. Leah Thomas. Well, apparently there was a ruling with regards to transgender swimmers in college. Yes, a rule, a ruling change. A ruling change, and I don't know what the ruling change is. I have not read that, but I do know that 16 of her teammates urged Penn and Ivy League not to fight new USA swimming rules on transgender athletes. So what it was, I believe the NC2A came out originally and said if you're on testosterone-suppressing treatments for a year, you can then swim if you arguably you previously were a male and now you're identifying as a female you can swim against females so the rule was you had to be on testosterone suppressing regime for a year and then the nc2a people were coming out and saying that that is unfair people still have physiological advantages that can't be negated by merely going on testosterone suppressants for a year And there has been at least one scientific study that came out and said that it takes at least two years to have the kind of um, impact that they claim testosterone suppressants will have. And that is, that moved the bar from one to two years at a minimum. That's not like, there needs to be more studies basically is what this scientist said. But anyway, so the NC2A, when being asked over and over again to revisit their rules, because it seems like the science wasn't on the side of the NC2A rules, they came out and said they were no longer going to have blanket rules for all sports. Instead, the sports governing bodies, so for swim, for running, for track, for football, whatever the governing body is, they would have their own set of rules. And I guess in swimming, from my understanding, my apologies if I'm wrong, but in swimming, that is a three-year testosterone-suppressing requirement. And so now, Leah Thomas would not be allowed to swim in the finals that are happening, I think, next month or the month after, because they would not have been on the regime for 36 months. Well, and that's okay. And all of her teammates said they understand her identity change, and they're all good with that. It's just it's uh, pretty compelling when the person goes from being ranked around 500th as a male to number one as a female. Yes, it is. And Leah Thomas swam for three years on the male team before switching to the female swim team. So it is, I think, uh, her time... Leah's time as a male for the swim team put her in like 17th place. Well, put him, because when Leah was swimming as a guy, put him in about 17th place. Uh, That was just on the team. That wasn't across all the other sports swimmers. But then as a female became number one and started beating out women who have held, you know, top ranks for quite some time. So it is an interesting change in the middle of the swim season as well but they are supposedly trying to be more scientific whether or not that is the case remains to be seen well just as long as it's good science and not 
junk science. COVID science. COVID science, yeah. No, the COVID science has been there. They've just skewed it and hit it a little bit, made some tweaks and changes. That's true. To benefit to benefit themselves. It's definitely been a self-benefit on that one. So let's jump back to our representatives. Two things I do want to say that has also come up for me lately. One, Maxine Waters continues to pay her daughter with campaign cash. So Maxine's daughter does works for the campaign and then gets paid because she's doing work. So apparently so far on her mom's campaign, she's taken in over $1.2 million, but that's over a number of years. I believe that wasn't, you know, that's not just a one-off. But then the other thing that's happening right now across the states as we have, or across the United States, not just the state, uh, looming midterm elections as states because we've recently gotten the census, they're redistricting everywhere. Like California's losing one seat and other states are losing, some are gating. So they're redistricting to make sure everything's even. New York is redistricting, trying to take away at least four Republican strongholds. California is doing the same thing. In fact, if Devin Nunez was still running and still a representative, the way they're trying to change his district would have made it uh, Democrat-leaning instead of more Republican-leaning as it has been for 18 years. So they're currently remapping places, trying to take over all of these areas. And it really has me looking at how corrupt our system is. Like, we're not just dividing up by... We want true representation, so it's divided up by the number of people. So I understand why the districts look wonky and don't just incorporate one city over the other and they have to divide it out because they're trying to divide California into, say, 54 equal peoples, not not equal locations, if that right, makes sense. Right. So I understand why they do it, but it's funny how they how they redistrict in order to make it lean Republican or Democrat. Don't get me wrong. Republicans have been accused of doing the same thing. Gerrymandering is what it's called, but it's kind of uh, out there because they're, they're doing their 10 year cycle of remapping. Well, and it'd be okay to remap like that. As long as whoever's running has the right plan, then you can win as a Republican in a democratic district. I believe we have a Republican who is a representative in a heavily Democrat district down a little south of us. And he uh, is not perfect, but he is a Republican in a Democrat district. But going down to Maxine Waters, I listened to a senator the other night on television, and he said, even though it's not illegal what she's doing, it does look very inappropriate. It does. Just like insider trading on stocks <laughs> yes looks wildly inappropriate even when they make a law that says you have to report on yourself you just have to report what you did yes not necessarily that you can't do it and if they're that good at it everybody in america should be wealthy because they can teach us all how to do it wouldn't that be something if nancy taught everyone in her district in san francisco how to trade stocks like that her and her husband be incredible. Yeah, we just Be incredible. push everybody up. Everybody would get better instead of someone coming out on top that happens to also be third in line for the presidency. The presidency. Yes. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.